How many hours and years of our lives do we spend on work? For nearly all of us, we spend 30 plus years and one third of our days in our vocation. More time, perhaps, than we spend at rest or at play. But this isn't a problem. Why? Because work is good. Work needs to be integrated deeply into our lives and must be in line with our most important goals and values. And if it is, we have a far more complete and fulfilling life experience. Welcome to the How People Work podcast, where we explore the intersection of how humans think and act and how they apply themselves to their work. When you understand both of these things, you'll be equipped to be insightful, compassionate, and compelling leaders. All right, welcome back to How People Work. I'm Jordan Peace. This is Jason Murray. Joining me as usual, your co-host today. Thanks for listening in. Today, we're going to talk about, uh, shocker, we're going to talk about work again, um, but we're going to talk about work as play. We're going to talk about a positive vision of work um, and how work can be enjoyable, how work can be fun. going to try to, anyways. Dare I say, we're going to try to, we're gonna try to figure this yeah. out. This is not a topic that we've written blogs about, written books about, figured all all the way out altogether. Um, but it's something that we're interested in and something that we see as um, kind of key to figuring out how to see work as a good thing, which is an argument that we've made before, right? Um, and how do we how do we go about enjoying that? How do we go about seeing work as 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 play in the same way that you know we as as fathers you know see our children yeah. um, play and that play turns into work and that work turns into play and the, and they kind of oscillate back and forth uh, so welcome back to the podcast um, I think I think we probably want to kick off Jason if you want to give us a little recap of last week and sort of transition us into this week and, and this idea this topic that we're going to talk about sure well uh, in the last episode we were talking about happiness and we've spent a couple episodes talking about that from a few different vantage points but uh specifically last week kind of the benefits of happiness to our work and sort of all the research around Mm. um you know how that impacts positively the individual's experience of work the benefits to the organization in terms of productivity performance etc etc and i i think you know, this topic in particular is interesting. And I'll say, you know, we we're talking about this right before the episode, we haven't figured this all out ourselves. And so right. I think through this conversation, uh, exploring some of the ways that we can sort of think differently about, you know, the notion of work. And so happiness being something that seems to be catching on a little bit more, more people are paying attention to it and thinking about it as it pertains to work. And so uh, play similarly, maybe isn't, you know, work as play, uh, maybe isn't thought of as, you know, terms that go together Mm. uh, very often or very Mm -hmm. well. Uh, But I think there's relevancy there, especially as we think about, well, how do we kind of rebuild a paradigm for work that's more positive and, um, you know, gives us something to aspire to, I suppose. So Mm. um, I thought it would be fun to start with a question around what did you want to be when you grew up? So Mm. actually know a lot of stuff about you, but I'm not, I don't think I know the answer to this question. <laughs> so I, I wanted to be some combination of John Smoltz and Chipper Jones. Okay. So any Braves fans Atlanta Braves. listening yes. in would immediately know those names. And any baseball fans would probably know those as well. Cause they're two hall of famers. Um, 
So third base and pitcher. Yeah, third, well, he was a shortstop That's before, true. He was a third yeah, baseman, before they moved him over. Spent some time in left field when he still had the athleticism to do that. And um, but yeah, yeah, Chipper and, and Smoltz. Smoltz probably be, being my like number one like top athlete that I've ever watched. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was unsurprisingly, right? Like the idea of playing a game for work uh-huh <laughs> like yeah you're playing a game for like a career you know yeah. being on that stage and wearing that uniform and having teammates and pursuing a championship and just the pomp and circumstance around that as yeah. a child and watching these guys uh, for me literally daily I and mean, we had the game on every day right, yeah you know from april until september or october if they were in the playoffs which they often were when i was a kid you know, it was, it just seemed like, what What else would you do with your life? Like, why would you do anything else besides play baseball? Yeah, the boys of summer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that, that was my, what about you, Jason? So that was it, baseball. Baseball. Yeah, yeah. very singular. How about That's that? That's great. What was it about John Smoltz in particular? Man, um, I feel like I could always get a good read on John Smoltz. Like, even as a kid, yeah, I feel like I could read his emotion, you know? And um, he seemed like kind of what I feel like now. Uh-huh. Like, he seemed a guy that, like, he had the talent and he had the it's ability. like an all-star with a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not that piece. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Not that piece. Now, I'm talking about a young John Smoltz, right? Where he had the talent, he had the ability, right? And he had the aggression. Like, he's like, I'm going to I'm gonna do this. I'm going to dominate these guys. I'm going to strike people out. I'm going to make them ground into double plays, et cetera. But I always sensed a little fear behind his eyes. Mm-hmm. I always sensed a little, like... You're not quite sure you can do this, are you, John? You know, and I don't know. I don't know John Smoltz personally. Yeah. I have no idea if he felt that. That was always my read on him. Hmm. And I've always felt the same way. I've always felt a natural sense of confidence that, like, yeah. sure, like I can go out and do this. But, like, when I actually get out there on the field or I get out there to record a podcast, yeah. right, behind my eyes is a little bit of just like, uh, can I really? You yeah, know? like <laughs> that feels like a good trait, and that yeah. seems insightful to yeah. me. Because I mean, how like do you really trust somebody that has seemingly a hundred percent pure confidence? Yeah, because I I don't. I right. feel like somebody that appears that way is just BS. Like, yeah. doesn't everyone right. have like a little fear behind them? Like, even if they're really good. So. I hope they do. Yeah. Yeah. I think when there's nothing there and there's just complete blind confidence, I, I, I the word sociopath comes to mind. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, do you really? It's clinical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, it's a little worrisome, yeah. you know, but anyway, I couldn't have described any of that as a seven year old boy right. watching John Smoltz, <laughs> you know, in the, in the, playoffs in the ni- early 90s right but mm-hmm. um but yeah i always was a huge fan of his yeah yeah so for me i had three main ones uh growing up a military yeah. kid you know around marines in particular my dad was a marine yeah uh, i always wanted to be a fighter pilot okay and so some of that, some of that was like uh, going to air shows and stuff yeah, when I was a kid. Right. So I saw the Blue Angels yes. like a whole bunch of times. Like I just loved that stuff. Hard I not thought to. Yeah. it was super cool. And then right. Top Gun obviously was big when we were kids. Right. And so all of that was just like, man, being a fighter pilot would be so cool. So cool. And 
I always feel a little bad that like maybe I should have been one because I have great eyesight. You have ridiculous So many people eyesight. are disqualified. People don't listen to the podcast don't understand what it's like to be on a Zoom call with you <laughs> when you're sharing your screen and you're using eight point font. Oh, like everyone can see and this. No right? one else on the call can, can <laughs> read what you could read. You're like, you guys should sing this, okay? And we're like, well. We, technically, we can see yeah. your screen, but I can't read a damn thing. <laughs> Just assume most people can see, you know. Um, so that uh, paleontologist. Oh, okay. But that was mainly because was of Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. I was going to yeah. say, I'm like, I'm like, it's in here. Da, na, 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 like, of course, yeah. you know. Right. I mean, it was like, maybe not so much the dead dinosaurs, but like, you know, what if we can make live ones? Right. That would be exactly. cool. Yeah. And then, yeah. You're uh, going to find the dino DNA. Yes. Right? That's going to be me <laughs> like the in, the amber, in the amber. And like, yeah. Right. Yeah, I knew how to do all that stuff when I was very young. And uh, man, that is such a millennial, millennial goal right yeah. there. That's ridiculous. Have you watched all the. Jurassic all Park, of all of them. Yeah, yeah. like I, even the most recent one. I might be able to still play the theme song on the <laughs> piano because I learned that wow. when I was like eight years old. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. I could not do that. Yeah, I'm, I watched the most recent one too. It was <laughs> it was all good. of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then marine biologist. Okay, mainly because of sharks. Okay, not because of the Seinfeld yeah. episode. And my son got that okay. from me yeah. because he doesn't know what a marine biologist is, yeah. but he says he wants to be a shark scientist. A shark scientist. Yeah, That's he just perfect. wants to see sharks. Just call it what it is. Yeah, a shark scientist. <laughs> That's great. So yes, it's awesome. Uh, That's perfect. What What do you think it is about? I mean, obviously, we became none of those things. Nope. Um, nope, swing and a miss, but there's something you know fun to you know, reminisce on that and yeah. kind of dream about it. Um, but I I do think there are probably clear memories that mm. many of us have from mm. childhood that yeah. pertain to like maybe moments of just pure enjoyment mm. when we were doing things. And wow. I'm curious if there's stuff that comes to mind for you where you can recall, you know things or games or activities mm. or whatever that you know yeah. you just got immersed in that kind of brought you that sense of joy and happiness it's always it's always games yeah. for me it's always games um sometimes sports but sometimes like just games like games that fit in a box mm -hmm. and you pull them out and play them you know mm -hmm. um, i know you're a big board game guy. a big board game nerd yeah. you know i always get on you for like nerding out on something I love this board is games. the area where yeah. i'm really with you on the, on the the nerd side of the house so to speak yeah um you know i think some of my fondest memories in my entire life are are sitting down or laying down rather on the pier at uh the on the chickahominy river here in in mm. the eastern part of virginia and um with my mom and playing yeah. scrabble yeah playing scrabble that was our thing you know is the battle of the wits and i remember since i bet it was you know, a little bit older than, you know, when kids learn to read. So maybe, you know, seven, eight years old, yeah. something like that, where I, you know, I knew some words, I knew how to spell some things, you know. And we started playing Scrabble then. And we and every time we went down to this river house, which is house is a is a generous word for this little cabin that was passed down through the generations. But, you know, we, we sat on that pier and we played and time stood still. You know? I mean, I it was it could have thunderstormed. I could, it could have been a hurricane. I would not have noticed. Yeah. You know, we just were in it and we were playing this game and we were, 
and I was trying to get the right spot so I could get the triple word score yeah, and that's sure right. I got that X on the triple letter score and like so strategic about it and and just playing with her and I mean that was that was some of my fondest memories of my entire life and you know and and it wasn't baseball it wasn't the World Series but it didn't need to be yeah it didn't need to be because to me being able to have the relational aspect of being with her and playing with her but also just the the competition aspect of like I'm going to beat this adult at yes. this game <laughs> right because I can figure out a right. way right and maybe she let me win I'll never know right um but I did occasionally win yeah. you know and that was just a big big thing to me you know and it's it, you know it's hard to describe because you're like it's a board game like why is that important right. you know but to an 8 year old 9 year old 10 year old kid like there's some of my fondest memories and like, there's something to that. Yeah. There's something to study there Yeah, as to like, why was that so important? Yeah. You know, what, why do you think, or what, you know, Yeah, what about those moments or playing that game, you know, like if you were trying to put it into yeah. maybe a few words that mm. kind of resonate um, to describe it, like, how would you? Uh, I, I think there's, I think games are just, they're just a microcosm of how society works, right? Like sometimes we, I think we overstep our bounds and we, we pursue this idea of like complete freedom, just complete, just do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want, with whoever you want. Right. Doesn't it's work. Such, it's such a mistake, right? Yeah. Like no game works just like no society works yeah. without rules. Right. Right. You sit down at a chessboard. And you say, okay, well, this is a queen, and that's a rook, and that's a knight, and then you just move them wherever the hell you want. Yeah, that's not a game, right? <laughs> yeah, you need rules. Yeah, <laughs> right. Otherwise, there's no game to be played. There's no yeah. kind of mutual agreement on how we're going to go about doing this, right? So, so I think part of it is just the the microcosm of society boiled down to something that a child could understand, mm -hmm. right? Of just like here, I take a turn, you take a turn, you form a word, the word has to exist in this certain dictionary and we i mean we were serious we had the scrabble dictionary yeah. oh yeah like that's we, necessary we would look it up we, i I'm knew all my that. two letter words i knew all my two letter words i had to memorize yep. right so like i i knew that the i could play ones. i could play xi yeah. that's a word in scrabble yeah. za that's a word in yeah. scrabble right so i could play that and i could play across and also connected to this valuable word right learning that and excelling at that just felt like growing like a microcosm of growing up it, it felt like development it felt like my intelligence and my intrigue about life was just kind of like brought to you know yeah like kind of activated through this singular game and then of course there's the relational aspect i'm sitting there with my mom right yeah just me and her and it was like the whole world disappeared and that was a obviously a beautiful aspect of it and I miss that and I miss her and she's, she's passed away and, you know, so all the more, you know, now it means even yeah. more to me now than it did then to think about those memories. But, um, I think that, I think life, and, and now I'm thinking as an adult, life is really complex and, um, hard and hard things happen and it's a lot of information to process and, and so when you boil things down to just like, I'm just in this moment in this game yeah. to do one thing, it's, uh, there's a certain clarity that exists there. Yeah. 
that doesn't exist in the midst of all the the chaos that is life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a complexity that comes later in life where I think the concept you kind of brought up around the rules is actually really pertinent because I think I feel like I go through life sometimes. I'm like, I don't know what the rules are. Right. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing here. (laughs) Like what is supposed to happen? Mm. What are the rules to play by? Like, it's just, you know, there's far less uh, defined than, you know, it would seem, which when you're a kid, you kind of feel like, man, all the adults know what's going on. It's like you become an adult and you have kids and you're like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Oh, I know. (laughs) And and like early on, you feel like you have a little bit of a script, right? Because when you were a kid, it's like, well, you just listen to your parents and you obey your parents. Like that's your job and that's those are the parameters, right? And I think that's honestly, that's good parenting. Yeah. Kids that actually know where the boundary lines are, like I think those are the fortunate kids in the world that like get to know where are the boundary lines and where where can I play, right? And then – you know, you, you have a script, you you go to school, you go to elementary, you go to middle, you go to high, and then whatever the next thing is for our generation, there it was a big push for college. Maybe right. it's different for the next generation, the previous generation. But there was a little bit of a script, and I just remember 21 years old, graduating school, and feeling like I fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. It was like, what's the script? <laughs> what's next? And, and everybody was like, you decide. And I'm like, What? Me? I get to decide what's next? Like, <laughs> no one told me this was coming, right? Like, it's a uh-huh. scary thing. Yeah. And, you know, so you get into yeah, your- And then they hand you a baby next. <laughs> and you're, you're like, oh, I, I didn't figure out the other stuff right. yet. <laughs> right, exactly. That whole imagine you're drowning and someone hands you a baby. But right. Like, but even before that, right? Like, just getting into a job. Yeah. You know, and like, now you're responding. There's all these different rules mm-hmm. in a job, right? There's- bosses and there's bosses bosses and there, yeah. there's times you're supposed to be certain places and there's etiquette and you're not supposed to say that to those people but you can say it to this Hate group of that people etiquette. And, right i mean it just sort of <laughs> I'm, I'm with you but like there's a work culture that you don't it's it's almost like kind of like rules yeah you know they are in the work game well they are they're and you don't uh, know it they're unwritten rules they're unwritten. for sure yeah there's written and there's uh, mostly unwritten well and i think that's the thing is like if you think about what makes a game fun yeah it actually is the rule it's like the rules. there's two things totally. right there's a mutual aim yeah like there's a purpose to the game that we've agreed is like the ultimate purpose yeah you know right. it's like right it's the, it's the how to win section of the rules yeah. when you open the book. Which that's place right. first place I flip. It's first place Anytime you flip. it's a new how game, do yeah. how do you win? Okay, that sounds fun. <laughs> okay, now how do you play? What are the rules? <laughs> right. But so you got to have that. Mm-hmm. Like there's an agreed upon aim, and then you've got to have a set of rules right. that everyone's agreed to play by mm-hmm. as well. Right. And when you think about it, like when we're kids, I mean, how freaking annoying was it? When somebody started breaking the rules oh. and cheating, you're just like, get rid of the cheater. Right. <laughs> like, right. Shun or the try cheater. to change the rules on right. you. You're like, you can't change the rules. And you've already played half the game. Yeah. And you've applied the rules that you knew to get ahead. And the rules change and now you're behind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But I think there, there's, um, I mean, I, I think there's a takeaway there. You know, even when we're thinking about like the work context. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like what? 
what is the mutual aim? Mm -hmm. You know, what are we trying to do here? Right. Like, what is our purpose? Like, what are we aiming for collectively that we've agreed upon that, you know, we can kind of get together and like play the same game because if we're not aiming for the same thing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like we're potentially all playing different games. Yeah. And I think the more you can take those unwritten rules and write them down, the more clarity you're giving the people that work for you. Yeah. In, our, in our context, we, yeah. we run a company, obviously, right? Not everybody that's listening runs a company, but like the, the more you can either do that as a leader or maybe ask for that or demand that from your leaders, yeah. right? To take, hey, all this unwritten sort of nuanced stuff, let's be clear about it. Let's mm-hmm. write it down. Let's call it a mission. Yeah. Let's call it a vision. Let's call it some values. Let's call it whatever, the rule right. book, right? That's so helpful. Yeah. Like it's so, it gives people peace about like, oh, well, now I know what's expected of me, what the rules are, what the yeah. aim is, the how to win portion is like written down. Yeah. You know, now I know how to act. I yeah. know how to kind of perform in this context. And it helps me see the people I work with as my team. Right. Because now I know what winning is. Right. That's been defined for me. So I can rally these people together and we can go win. Yeah. You know, and that that's what makes a team a team. Yeah. You know, you're not really a team if it's just like, well, we just kind of show up to the same Zoom calls, you know, three times a week right. and like hang around while what are some we here person for? talks, yeah. you know, and, and tells us all it's the boring. things that they think are but it's, it's kind of boring. It's purposeless. It's... Yeah. I'm just kind of biding my time, doing my thing, trying to keep my head down. I'm not really going after anything. Yeah. You know, and then that, that's why work kind of needs to be play. Right. It needs to be a game. It needs to have a yeah. way to win. Well, you and, know, I mean, I know we both like sports and, you know, March Madness has been going on. And yeah, but it like it's wild to think about like what's what's really going on mm-hmm. like in a basketball game or right. in a baseball game like yeah. i mean people go nuts like when Completely. somebody scores a basket and you're like right. what the heck is that about right. humans you put a ball you put a ball into a metal in ring yeah. with the nylon hoop or the nylon net hanging from the bottom of it right. right that's all you did why is it so exciting to us because we know all the work that was put in. We know all the strategy that was put in. We know, and we also identify with a certain team because we have nostalgia, we have memories, and we know that we either went to that school or our parents or our whatever, like cheered for that yeah. team. And so we associate with that. But like, I think it's because it's hard, right? It's yeah. hard to do. And so we see people achieve things that are really hard to do. You cheer for that. It's almost right. like a, just the human condition is just yeah. like life's hard. And when you have a big win or any, any one yeah. of us has a big win, it's like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's such a crazy, perfect metaphor, though, when you think about it. It's yeah. like they're literally aiming for a basket. Right. Like they're aiming something. Yes. Towards a basket, <laughs> right. in the same way that we kind of metaphorically like right. aim towards a goal, aim toward, it is. right, right. And yeah. so, I mean, I feel like it kind of indicates that there's something sort of intrinsically, you know, in us as human beings. Right. It's like we aspire to or we admire, right. you know, people aiming for a high goal yeah. that you know requires some difficulty, and you know, we see kind of the you know maybe potential of human beings you know Mm -hmm. in that because we admire you know what it is that they're doing but it doesn't have to live at that level alone like you know 
we also can have goals. Like yeah. we can also aim for things and right. like strive yeah. to achieve in similar yeah. fashions. Yeah, sports is just, it's just the easy. It's the easiest place to see the work. Yeah. You know, you see the fitness of the athlete, for example. You see right. that, I mean, you see them run up and down the court, and, like, if you've played any basketball or if you ever, like, yeah, I'm just going to use basketball for example, but, like, you know, yeah, you know, we're late in our late 30s, right, which is crazy to say out <laughs> loud. But, like, we're in our late 30s. Like, I, I know from experience, like, if I show up on a basketball court and I run up and down the court, like, you know, I don't know, seven or eight times, I'm winded. Uh-huh. I'm winded. These guys are running up down the court hundreds of times. Yeah. Sometimes at a full sprint. Right. Sometimes at a jog. And then I've got to guard a guy yeah. and I got to jump and I got to rebound. Yeah, I got to fly out of bounds. And I got to grab a ball. I got to throw it at some guy's leg so that it bounces off and then it's our ball. Like yeah. this all this is chaos for, you know, 40 minutes, you know, maybe longer mm-hmm. if you're, you're a professional. Like, so you know from watching that and from your own experience, like, oh, my gosh, like the work that was put in to get even one's body in shape enough to do the thing that's being done right. is insane, Yeah. right? And then you know the scrupulous work that a coach put in to figure out the X's and O's and to figure out how to – or we're gonna we're gonna set a screen and we're gonna we're gonna run off of that and then that guy's gonna come off the screen and go towards the basket and we're to you know we're yeah. gonna pass to him at the ba- like all of that so it, it's just clear with sports it's yeah. just like oh I can see the work that was put in and I can see what success looks like because the ball goes through the basket right. and the game ends and somebody wins and somebody loses right. right and like business is it's harder to see all of that yeah. right it's harder to see because most of our challenges in business as we're sitting here typing away at our computers it's not a physical challenge Mm -hmm. you know we don't have to be an incredible shape to do the thing that we do but we do have to have an incredible amount of resilience Mm -hmm. right we do have to be able to bounce back we do have to be able to lose Mm -hmm. and learn from the loss and change our tactics and try again we have to have the courage to try new things Mm -hmm. we have to have the courage to to fail and own that and own up to that and say, hey, that was me. That was my idea. It didn't work, right? There's different sort of challenges that we face in business than what's faced in sports, but it's no different. It's just less obvious. Right. Yeah, because it's still a challenge is a challenge. A challenge is a challenge. Whether small or large. And um, it's really interesting uh, because this concept of flow, I know you and I have talked about that a yeah. little bit before, not on the podcast, I don't think, but I don't think so. Um, the most common analogy when you hear scientists talk about flow is athletes. And so mm-hmm. um, the concept of flow is like where you become so immersed in an activity that basically you lose sense of like time and mm. space and right. like you're just in it, like totally. Mm. Um, but it requires like, so the scientists that studied this stuff and unpacked it, it requires having a goal. So like you actually can't experience this sense of flow if you're not aiming for something. So it requires that. That's why athletes often are kind of ones that experience this greatly because they have a very clear goal. The goal is so obvious. And there's challenge. So that's another part of it that's required Mm. is um, 
a sense of challenge. So it's like something that's just beyond your ability. Mm -hmm. So it stretches you a little right. bit, but it's not so far beyond that you can't actually accomplish the thing. Right. And so that's part of it. And then um, the other part coming back to something we were talking about in the conversation is rules. Mm -hmm. um, you have to understand how to do the thing before right. you. Right. So it can't be a total mystery to you. Like, how am I gonna, you know, achieve this goal? Like, I have no idea. You know, it has to be something that you actually know how to do it. Right. You know the rules, you know how to play it. Right. And so there's that sense of like, I know the rules, I know how to play it. There's challenge and there's a specific aim that I'm going for. And it's crazy the um, sort of positive benefits that yeah. they found that, you know, this flow experience creates. Uh, I was actually talking to a chief people officer that we're friends with um, recently, and I was just interviewing her about some other stuff. Um, but I was talking about, you know, hey, what, what are some things that your company's focused on this year surrounding the employee experience is something that, you know, I'm thinking about a lot these right. days. Uh, and one of the things she described very explicitly was trying to make space for employees to have more flow experiences in their work. And I was like, that's wow. crazy. Like I've never even heard she a company use that expression. Yeah. Talk about it hmm. that explicitly. Yeah. But they were kind of onto this idea of like, well, we have to design the work experience in such a way that people can feel these things right. that create this really good positive feedback yeah, sure. loop around um, kind of experiencing work as play. And I think I, I feel like it's fair to call that play because I think those flow experiences seemingly arise out of, you know, play experiences or what we might describe as yeah. play. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's much difference. You know, I really don't. It's yeah, sure. Like do, do kids get paid for playing games? No. And we get paid for work. Yes. You right. know, like that's the fundamental difference between the two, but like the, the same is true, right? Businesses exist to make money. Right, like that's why they exist. Someone had an idea and they thought I should I should build this product or I should launch this service and people will pay for that service and because they pay for that service or product, we will make money. Right? Like that's why it started. There was a clear goal in mind and there was a clear path to that goal and ideally the business owner or the business founder or whatever knew how to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Or or had an idea exactly about how to accomplish the goal. You know, it's no different than when I, than when one of my kids, you know, whether it's my seven-year-old or my 10-year-old or my five-year-old, they pull out a board game and they're like, let's play. They got the same thing in mind. Right. They're not thinking, let's play, I hope you win. Right. Right. <laughs> let's play, I'm going to win. Right. Right. Like, right. that's why they're playing. Yeah. You know, they, they want to set up, they, also, they want to spend time with me. So just, let's, you know, I want to ignore that aspect. That's, it, there is a kind of communal aspect to this. But they want to achieve something, mm -hmm. right? Like that, they're you know their their feeling is though, hey, I wanna I wanna accomplish something today, so I'm gonna pull out this game, I'm gonna play with my dad and my mom or both or whatever, yeah. and and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to beat them, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna try to win. Like, there's no difference. And we started this company that we started in Fringe, and like, what what was our goal? You know, like. Hey, we got an idea. Nobody's doing this. Right. We'll get out there. We'll own the category. We'll win. Yeah. You know, and winning means different things. It's it's owning a category. It's having a platform. It's making money. It's hiring people. It's there's a lot of things that you can kind of dump into the category of what does winning look like. 
But in the end, we just wanted to win. You know? uh, <laughs> like we just wanted to win at a game. Right. It's just there's no difference we've at been all. Beat up by a few games before that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And the and the you know it depends on your personality. But sometimes the more you lose a game, the more you want to play it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. I find the idea of you know thinking about our kids pulling out that board game and wanting mm-hmm. to play like one not only do i resonate with that and how that feels and experiences i had when i was a kid but you know that that same sense of like can we capture some of that feeling and drive yeah. and kind of bring it into like our work context where it's like yeah, yeah like i want to like i want to do it for the sake of doing it right, you know like right. there i mean there's a communal aspect like you said and yeah it feels like in play there's a relational aspect to all of it at some level because yeah. you're not gonna just i mean there's very few things that you play sustained by yourself for a long period of time right. that are as enjoyable as right. things that you can play with others yeah. and so um i think it's just a really cool idea to think about how do we bring that into mm. you know the way that we approach our work or think about our work I think that sounds like the next episode of How People Does Work. Does it? I think it's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> so, uh, so let's wrap up. Let's let's end this episode. Let's get to, let's get into uh, the next one next week. But before before we finish, you need to give me a word of the week for next week so I can be prepared for this. I do. So the word of the week is going to be recuse. Recuse. <laughs> All right. I'm like you're 90% sure I know what that uh, yeah. the definition of that exactly is. I will Google it before we get started on recording <laughs> next week. Um, but thank you so much for listening to How People Work. We uh, I feel like we ask ourselves like one or two questions this week, and then we talk for half an hour. So sometimes that happens that way. Hope you enjoyed listening. If you want to reach out to us, get on LinkedIn, find Jason Murray, find find me, Jordan Peace. Send us a question. We've had some folks do that already, which is we really appreciate. It helps prompt us in terms of questions to ask each other uh, or even topics for unique episodes that we've yet to record so so please do reach out um, if you get a chance to do so thank you so much for listening bye-bye